We're back. It's Generations talking about my sports generations. And Steve is hot. And we've been talking about this the last couple of days. I was teasing a great topic for today that was going to be probably our most controversial. And because of recent events, we had to have the emergency topic for today and push our most controversial topic for next week. But I will give everyone a preview here in just a moment. But I am Jonathan. I'm Steve, and I can't wait to start talking today. And this is Generations talking about my sports generations. This is the big show. And this week we had the 100-game winning Los Angeles Doyer and I believe the 101 or 102 Four. game, 104. 104 game winning Atlanta Braves eliminated from the playoffs this week. Take it away, Steve. Okay. Good afternoon, everybody. And um, those of you who know me, and I feel like our listeners know me a bit, you know that in addition to uh, being a part time podcaster and a formerly full time lawyer, I was a full-time movier, movie fan also, totally in the movies. And I'll tell you, a great movie if you're bored, got nothing to do. Richard Gere, Ed Norton, Primal Fear, classic movie. And Richard Gere plays a hard-boiled uh, defense attorney, not like me, but a hard-boiled defense attorney. He's got a great line in the beginning. He's, he's talking kind of to the camera. And he's like, you know, when I went to law school, my professor told me, you want justice, go to the whorehouse. And if you want to get effed, go to court. So. You might wonder why I'm complaining about things being unfair, because for 31 years in court, things run fair every day. And I sucked it up and I played on and I dealt with it. But there's something about the Braves and the Dodgers being unceremoniously bounced by underachieving teams that that pushed a button with me. And I know it doesn't make sense to say it's not fair, but it's not fair. And. I think the real thing that bothers me is that it diminishes the regular season and the regular season should matter. And let's just take Arizona, which, which I, I really don't know much about them. Uh, I only know a handful of guys in their team, but they won 82 games. I mean, you know, 84. 81 game. Oh, I'm sorry. 84 games. 81 games is 500. There are three games over 500 for the season for 162 games. And that now arguably they're the hottest team in baseball. They've won five games in a row, and, and they're going to play the Phillies for the right to get into the World Series. Now, kudos to them. They're, they're, they're gamers. They're playing well. They're pitching well. I saw some of the Dodger games, and the Dodgers looked overmatched. But I'm left wondering with this idea, why do you get to go through four months of baseball at a mediocre level and then get in the playoffs? And, and I'll tell you the answer. The, the answer is greed. Greed on the owner's part. More TV games, more playoff games, more excitement. I'm all for that. I, I get that. But and this is not sour grapes. This is just saying I think that the the regular season should mean more than home field advantage in a three in a five game series. So those are my those are my initial thoughts, Jonathan. What do you what do you say? Okay. So let's just give everybody a little bit of context here for just a moment. This is the first year where we have three wild cards. So prior to this year, 
if you take out the pandemic shortened season, we had two wild cards. And prior to that, I believe that was 2012 or 11. Prior to that, we had the one wild card that was instituted after the last expansion, which of course included Tampa Bay. So this is the first year of three wild cards. First and foremost, as we talked about previously and I've talked about on the bonus show, extra time, the city of Baltimore was electric and Baltimore had the best record in the American League. I believe they won. Let's just double check and I'll tell you they won 101 games. So they won 101 games. Tampa Bay won 99. The Twins won 87. And the Astros won 90 and the Rangers won 90. So the two teams with the best records were in the same division and they both got bounced. And the the city was electric. And I'll tell you this, the buzz in these cities, when you make it, even if you are the wild card, even if you are 84 and 78, which is actually six games over 500, but that there's a lot to be said there. And yes, is there more TV revenue? Yes, can you make the argument that it dilutes, you know, maybe the playoffs or dilutes the value of the regular season? But when you are a member of a city that gets in and anything can happen moving forward, it's just, it's magical. Look at the Giants in 2004. I think it was the 14 season. They were the wild card. They, I believe that's the season where Bumgarner throws a shutout and Brandon Crawford hits the Grand Slam against the Pirates. And, of course, they go on to win the World Series. There's nothing more exciting than that, just having that shot. And then two years later, the Giants would beat the Mets. Or maybe it was the following season they would beat the Mets again in the wild card. They would lose, I think it was 15, lose to the Cubs. But you just want a shot. And yeah, okay, the season's long. What is it good for? You are getting home field advantage. Why don't you use it there, Doyer? Why don't you use it, Braves? You blew it. That's on you. Uh, yeah, that's one, That's certainly one way to look at it. And and I there's no... Uh, debating the the buzz factor and the intensity it brings to the city, and I think that's all great. But to me, it it, it it's part of a trend. And I and this this is where I'll say get off my lawn. This is this is old guy talking, but you know, I'm a plotter, and I I, I was a plotter my whole life, and I worked at the basically the same job for three decades. I worked my way up. I I saved. I did my thing. There's no get rich quick schemes. There's nothing. I, I I did it based on 31 years of work. And you know, I punched in, I punched out. And I think that's worth something. And I, I think our society now is so locked into blockbuster everything. You know, movies, they, they don't make independent movies anymore. They they only make franchise movies, and it's one one ridiculous Marvel show after another after another. And and it, it's 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 boring, but it's also just it, it's catering to this 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 i want it all and I, I don't know if you want to blame it on iphones or the kardashians or whatever you want to do but it seems like our society now is all about um winning it and the excitement 
And I'm like, hey, man, you know, botters deserve something, too. So you play hard. I mean, I read a quote by the uh, Philadelphia Phillies catcher, JT something or JD something. Real mute. Real Muto, yeah. yeah. And he's like, yeah, the, this team's built for October. And I'm like, you know, are you the biggest ass of all time saying something like that? He's, we, we focus better in October. You know, what about the 162 games you play? I mean, it, it's silly to think that you can Cadillac it for the year, make the playoffs, and and then shine. And and actually, the, the irony, even though we're talking about it because of uh, the Orioles, Dodgers, and Braves being unceremoniously bounced out, Baseball is not even the worst defender. I mean, hockey's by far the worst defender. Their their playoffs go for like two months, and you could literally play, I think, 28 playoff games, which is more than a third of a season. So there's no wonder these guys are beat to crap at the end of the season. Basketball is next. I mean, you know, this 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 play-in to get to the wild card was just insane. And then football's adding it. And and I see it as I see it as epidemic of our problems of society which is we're ruled by oligarchs and not it's not bad enough that they got a ton of money they're greedy bastards too and they are playing more and more games and i hate to say it because i don't want to be um condescending but you've bought into my young friend you are saying hey this is great oh my god another blockbuster um you know let's let's have spider-man 12 this is fantastic i can't wait you should be saying, I want new content. I want something good. You should be saying, okay, I get there needs to be one wild card in baseball because there's three divisions and you can't just have someone sit out. So, you know, the best team with the best record plays a wild card team, another do play, boom, you're done. But the way it is now strikes me as, as rewarding people who play for a moment. And I, I'm, you know, I'm not that guy. I'm, I'm not Robert Ory. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a guy who, loafs all the time and then hits a couple of big shots and has a bunch of rings. I'm, you know, I'm Chris Paul. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm out there every day. I might not have rings, but I play hard every day. And that's what matters. I, so I what you're saying you're, is if you're Chris Paul, you're, you're linking up with Steph Curry now so that you could win. I'm Chris Paul. I'm tired. I'm tired of being a plotter. I want to be a winner, but yeah, I, 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 you know, the Robert Ori is the, Andre Gudalas, I mean, these guys who could be starters and play 40 minutes and play hard, but instead play 20 minutes and come to playoffs, rise up. To me, it's the same concept as baseball. You know, the regular season needs to count. Every game needs to count. And if you're worried about losing fans, well, you know, that's because you've, you've catered to this insanity that everything's got to be a blockbuster. Well, in this analogy, I'm Steph Curry, so I'm okay with all of this, but... <laughs> So let me let's let's unpack some of this because you know you actually act. I'm not saying that you don't have a point. I'm not saying that there isn't a problem with some of this. But let's take the BCS. The BCS was going to be the boon for college football. We were going to have a true national champion, and now they want to expand the playoffs for that because it's not enough. Because you know you have other teams that might or should be eligible or be able to contest it and you know now we need to have a playoff to get into the bcs and we want to expand that playoff so that we could really have a true national champion versus the old way which was not very good either i think this is just the evolution and you know i'm okay with it like rolling with it, it you, you always want to have a shot everybody you know it's the dumb and dumber thing right it's like oh so you're telling me i've got a shot even if I have no chance, but you're telling me I got a shot. 
isn't that sports? You always talk about being the underdog. Isn't this the? Isn't that the underdog story? It's like out of nowhere with no chance against the you know hundred game winner. They rose up and they were able to overcome. I mean, isn't that the story that you've always wanted to write? There's segments too I like. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm 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 proud of the Diamondbacks, even though like I don't know any guys. I I did read an article about their general manager who. Um, you know, one of these tragic things where his wife dies of cancer, he's raising four teenage boys. Sounds like a sounds like a good human being and a good story. So I'm I'm for them. I get it. I'm just saying that, you know, I mean, talking about fans, okay. In in, in the sixties, before before you were born, I would, you know, I, I would go to games and you know, there I mean the Diamondbacks, without a wild card system, the Diamondbacks are eliminated by let's say July if they're if you're if you're being lucky you know they, they're like 20 games behind the dodgers they're not going to make it but if you're a fan you still go to see players you you like you like the old guys who can still play you like the young guys or learn how to do it and it's a thing and i think what's happened is it, it's been it's been brought down like by the sages that that you can only watch a game if your team has a chance of winning a ring and i, th- I think that's the wrong message to the fans i mean baseball you know, I, I think baseball is a beautiful game, even though it's kind of boring. And I like it. I, I mean, I used to go to minor league games when when I was in law school. I went to minor league games. The the Twins had a team, and when I was in Visalia, the Reds had a team. So I I saw some really good players. I saw I think I think Kurt Herbeck and Gary Gaetti, and I saw Eric Davis Jr. and all these guys. And I I would go see a minor league game because it's it's fun to see good players play. But I I think there's this thing that the owners, the these PIG owners. Have 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 fooled the masses, and they have convinced people that it only counts if you're in it to win it, and and they've expanded everything. I mean, what I read today, and I think the Times, um, the owners wanted 14 teams in the playoffs in baseball, and the players kind of compromised with 12. So I mean, the owners want more and more and more, and they're I mean, obviously they're not they're very savvy business people. Even even the buffoons on like the Yankees and the Mets, but they they make money. They know how to make money, and and they know you should have a playoff game. You got national TV rights. You got all these people watching. You got commercials. It's a deal. I'm just saying that that in doing so, there's a price you pay, and the price you pay is um, you're diminishing the regular season. Now your point is very good. Dodgers and Braves and Orioles had home field advantage and they couldn't protect it. You know, that that is on them. They 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 should have done better, but they didn't. But I, I just think it's I think it's odd to have pro and, and certainly in the NBA, there's all this jockeying for what position you're gonna be in the playoffs and you know, all the, all these people resting and stuff. I think it takes away from the regular season and certainly in most leagues, the regular season is, you know, kind of a dress rehearsal and the playoffs, the gloves come off and they play real hard. So let me let me throw something at you. 1987. Do you recall who won the World Series that year? I think the Dodgers won in 86 or 87. I don't know, maybe the Yankees. Doyer were 88 against the A's. 87, okay. Candy Maldonado misplays a deep fly ball by Tony Pena, who at the time was on the Cardinals, drops for a triple against Dave Dravecki prior to his cancer and the removal of his arm. Giants lose that game 1-0, ties the series up. Giants lose in game seven. Jeffrey Leonard wins 
NL MVP for only the second time that a losing player wins MVP in a, in a championship series by a losing team. Cardinals go on, and it is the first World Series where the home team wins every single game, one of which is a game that has Tom Lawless, who cranks a three-run home run and flips his bat like he's been there before, against... Kansas City Royals. Kent Herbeck. Oh, Minnesota. Frank Viola. That year, the Twins went 85 and 77 and won the West. AL West. In the East, La Tigre, 98 wins. Toronto Blue Jays, 96 wins. Milwaukee Brewers, 91 wins. New York Yankees, 89 wins. You had four teams in the East that had a better record than the Twins. And just because they were in the wrong division, three teams did not make any kind of playoffs. How does that make sense? And devaluing the, you know, the regular season. These are the types of things that you have. And so having some level of wild card or second chance or whatever you want to call it helps normalize those things and helps those teams have the chance and the opportunity. Now, I'm with you that there is a there's always a balancing act. And too many teams, if you're going to have, you know, 16 teams in baseball, as an example, that's too many. Right, right now in basketball, you basically go down to 20 teams now because you have the top seven are in. And then what is it? Eight, nine and ten. I'll play it out to go figure out who actually becomes the eight seed or maybe it's the seven, eight, nine and ten now. So you have 20 teams. It, it, you want to talk about a little crazy and devaluing of, of the regular season. Okay. I mean, I'll, I think that point, I think your point there can be valid. But you got to have some kind of, again, you knew I was going to bring this up, 1993, the Giants. I mean, come on, man. The Giants, I mean, and it wasn't like the Giants fell apart. The Giants were good all the way until the end. And it just so happened that they fell a game short. And so there's no recompense. It's like, well, sorry, friend. Braves win 104 games. Giants win 103. And, you know, too bad. Phillies won 97. So it's going to be Phillies and Braves. Well, I mean, you know, the the reality is it's not fair. And I get the idea that you're in a tough division and – you know, you you come in third in your division, you're better than the other divisions. Then, you know, that's no different than my analogy of Long Beach State playing UCLA in the West. I and mean, that's regional. And that that that's part of the system. That that doesn't offend me at all. And that's bad luck. I mean, the East is not always good. The East sometimes stinkers. So things trends change. I just think it 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 is more about more about nothing but greed and and. I just, I just don't, I, I just think it's, I think it's kind of crazy. And I wonder, and so today, I think in the athletic, there was an article about, you know, maybe the teams that make the playoffs now are smarter. They're doing all these things. And it, it's, it's a, it's a different way of looking at things. And I, I do think it's generational. So I wouldn't go back to this. Oh, it's so much better in my time. I mean, you know, back in the sixties and seventies, uh, you know, when there was a pennant winner, you know, 
a vast majority of teams by July were done. I mean, they, they were playing because that was their job and they, they played hard and that that's what it was. And they had zero chance. I mean, you know, if you look at, if you look at the Cubs in the entire sixties, I mean, I'm not sure they ever were over 500 and, you know, they had lousy teams and you could probably say the same thing about the Indians. I, I, I don't have all the stats that my beck and call the giants. No, the giants, giants, you know, they, they're in the 62 world series, right? They're in the 62 World Series, but when you start talking about basically post-division, so the divisions got started in 1969, and so we did a show, I did a show on this for the Clevelands. The Clevelands, all the way basically from the year I was born, 1972, to 1993, their average finishing spot was sixth. They finished fourth like three times or something like that. The Clevelands were terrible until 1994, and that is when you start seeing Kenny Lofton. You started seeing, you know, Sandy Alomar Jr. had been in the league for a few years. Carlos Baerga. Then you started getting Brian Giles, Tomei, Manny, and they started really stacking, you know, their team. But until then, they were – the best they'd done was fourth place, and the Giants – you talk about the old system. The Giants were out. Nobody was going to see the Giants, and everybody complained the candlestick was terrible and candlestick was cold and the night games were awful. And don't get me wrong, they were. But everyone talks about, like, you know, Pac Bell or AT&T or Chase, whatever it's called today, and maybe that's a whole nether segment that we do. But the new stadium, don't get me wrong, it's beautiful. It's not that much warmer you know, Hunter's Point and where that thing is, it's still cold. The fog still rolls in. Now, maybe, you know, how that park was built when they closed it up, when it used to be open. I'm talking about Candlestick, of course. You know, those things were different, and the wind patterns are slightly different. But, I mean, it's, you know, it's a nicer, less cold version, slightly, of Candlestick. But the Giants lost 100 games in 85. They lost 90-some games in 84. And then basically from like 1975 to 1986, till 86, the Giants were middling to terrible. And they were going to move the team to Tampa Bay. And that would have been awful. And the elixir that fixes all of this stuff is one, winning, or two, the prospect of having that shot. And keeping these, you know, I think it's a little naive to say, well, you're out in July, but I just want to go watch the team play. And I'm going to go spend as much, you know, which is a different topic. I'm going to go spend for a family of four a thousand dollars to go watch a game. No one's going to do that. And then these smaller market teams are going to struggle and they're going to go away and we're going to have these other financial problems that we've had in the past. Yeah, but you're, you're buying into it. It doesn't have to be $1,000 for family for us. It's greed on the owner's part. How about this? I've got a proposal. It just came to me. So the Dodgers win 100 games and the D-backs win 84. And they give the Dodgers um, home field advantage. Why not you either like give the Dodgers like a 4 nothing lead in the first inning or the, the D-backs have to play with like eight guys. So they can only have two outfielders. Wouldn't that be a better way to do it? Well... The methodology that you're utilizing, the process in your mind, I think, is sound. The execution is poor, but a better way to do it would be, okay, Doyer won 100 games. Diamondbacks won 84. 
So you take that winning percentage. And so with that winning percentage in a playoff series, okay, Diamondbacks, you have to win four games. Doyers, you only need to win two, as an example. That could be a way to do it. So now you're not only – you're getting the home field advantage and you have to win more games because you were X percent of games back. I like that. That's a that's a great idea. But you know, it'll never work because you know what what the TV executives want is game seven. They don't care who wins or loses. They want game seven in every series. So actually, the D-backs are not very. I'm sure they're not not very fond of them in the networks because they win too much. You want it, you want it to go seven. So no one wants the Phillies or the D-backs to sweep the other team except their fans. The executives want a seven game series, and I I think what this does. I mean. It, it shouldn't surprise anybody, and it certainly doesn't surprise me. Is it just it's just the the curtain thrown back, and you, you gotta hold the mirror up, and it's greed. And my point through a number of these shows is that you know at some point the greed's gonna be too much, and and it's gonna ruin a good thing. It might be a ways away, but you know it it really is, and. I think what the average fan is going to do is, is you know, probably stop, stop going to regular season games because they, they don't really mean anything. And if if that guy in Philadelphia is right, they're a team that lives for October. I don't know. That just that that just sits wrong with me. But switching gears slightly because, like I said, baseball is not the not the worst offender. But I think it's very similar to the thing I said about Robert Ory and your favorite uh, Andre Iguodala. I mean, I don't get why guys are focused on rings. I mean, what's the difference between Robert Ory and Kevin McHale? Probably not that much. I mean, they're both about the same size. Uh, they both got long arms. They're both phenomenal players. McHale chose to bang it down low for, you know, dozen season NBA and play hard. And Robert Ory chose to shoot jumpers from outside and, and you know, throw T-shirts at Danny Ainge. He, 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 he epitomizes what's wrong with the modern athlete and the modern fan, in my humble opinion. Why is Ori the post? Like, because he should have started. He should have started. He should have played 37 minutes a game, every game, and had the wear tear in his body and played hard. Instead, he coasted until playoff time. That's what he did, just like Iguodala. They're slackers. If you had them on your business, you'd fire their ass in a heartbeat. You want someone to show up every day working hard. Every day. Chris Paul. Clay Thompson. Oh my God! Okay, first of all, like in the NBA, you don't get to choose. Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves, that guy's That's terrible. I'm sorry, that guy's <laughs> terrible. I I, I don't I don't terrible. care. That guy's terrible. And two he years will be an All Star. Two years will be an All Star. Easy. That's he's gonna be an All Star. Let's just call it what it is. He'll be he'll be an All Star because he's white and because he's on a team where he can he gets all of the defense pulled away from him and he can slide into the corner and he can make a shot. That's yeah. it. Dude can't That's put you. the ball on the floor. Dude is – he's not even as good as J.J. Redick. Oh, he's, not, he's not as good as – he's not as good as Kyle Korver. He's not as good as – You can uh, compare him – you don't just compare white people. You compare him to anybody. <laughs> nope, we're comparing him to white guys because you're sitting there saying that the black man is, is lazy and that the, the white oh, no. man is down low making it, making it happen. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, we could even go. What's, what's the guy who went to Georgia Tech, played for uh, Utah? Uh, ah, I can't even think of his name. Anyway, but let, let's get back to Robert Ory. It, it, Robert, 
Okay. Robert Ory started off on the Rockets. Big and game. Who'd you rather have, Robert Ory or Mario Eli? You know he'd never rather have Mario Eli because he's going to play hard for 48 minutes. He's going to hit the shot that needs to be hit. Even Robert though he's not Ory as was... talented as Robert Ory, but he's a gamer. He's a player. Robert Ory is not. Mario Eli was not playing 48 minutes a game. He was playing like he was like a fifth, sixth man, seventh man. He wasn't even really a starter. With his talent, he took it a long ways. Robert Ory has got more talent in his finger than Mario Eli does in his body. Yet Mario Eli is a far better player. That's a, that's a fact. You can look it up. How 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 are we coming? Where? Where is this even coming from? Uh, Robert or like, I'm no fan of Robert Ory because Robert Ory, you know, basically sank the Kings and sent the Kings into oblivion along with uh, Tim Donaghy. But, okay. Is it because Robert Ory has a bunch of rings? Is that why you got this hate for Robert Ory? Because he happened to be at the right place at the right time. I mean, he was three times he was, right? So he gets a couple. How many rings does he have with Houston? Two? I think two. Two Probably rings three. with Houston's. He's got at least two with the Laker, right? I think maybe three, but yeah, he's got a bunch. I think he's got seven rings total, maybe two with the uh, San Antonio's. Here's my here's my point. Here's why I'm bringing up Robert Ory, because I think it relates to what we were talking about on the playoffs. And it's now all about winning and nothing else. And in the 60s, you know, I mean, baseball was was the sport. Baseball was the American pastime in the 60s. I don't, I don't think it is anymore. But in the 60s and the 50s and 60s and 70s, it was. And, you know, they didn't have all these wild cards. They didn't have all these playoff shenanigans. And what they had was a bunch of people who played and, and fans enjoyed watching it. And somewhere along the line, there was this shift in, in mentality in most sports and and now it's all about rings. So you get a guy like Charles Barkley. Oh, he wasn't that good because he's got no rings. How, how how about Damian Lillard? Oh yeah, now now he's going to the Bucks. Maybe he'll maybe he'll be a winner. And I'm like, no, it didn't used to be that way. So I think the owners have have really hoodwinked us into this this desire for championships. It's all about championships and and having a shot. I mean, it's, it's funny because having a shot, you know, that comes from boxing. You know, he's got puncher's chance. So you got got some pug who's you know a ham nagger who's not very good, but he's got a great left hook and he's really overmatched. But if he takes a beating for seven or eight rounds and he lands one hook, he can win. And that that's the fantasy. That's Rocky. That's that's you know whatever it is. And it's it's a great fantasy. But all of a sudden it's a reality for sports. And I'm like, I still think that that the regular season counts. And I know I was being facetious about you know only having eight guys in the diamondbacks or starting down three-nothing, but maybe there needs to be some way to change maybe you need to get a little more for winning a division and really in sports um i think in football there's a there's a home field advantage if you got to play in you know foxborough where you want to play this year or pittsburgh or some great free or buffalo it's a big deal you know if the Chargers have to go to buffalo you know to play in the championship i, I know the Chargers won't be there but if they did that'd be a big deal because it's, it's freezing and buffalo's better at it but you know it just strikes me that basketball baseball you know, it's like, yeah, you win, you win a bunch of games, you come in first, and everything, the slate's wiped clean, and it's all about, oh, let's have, let's have uh, more teams in the playoffs, let's do this, that, and you know, I mean, 
you played sports just like I played sports. You're probably better at it than I was. I wasn't very good, but I will say, you know, when you get hot, it's a big deal. And I was watching the game last night or two nights ago, whenever the Dodgers lost. And um, I don't know the Dodgers that well. So I'm kind of watching the game. This guy comes up and I'm like, holy shit, this guy looks terrible. His body language was horrible. It was Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts, top five player in the in the league. I mean, he, he is a phenomenal player. But he was he he was in a slump and he looked terrible and they they got him out. I'm just saying, you know, I remember in City League, you know, that that that's that's my highlights. In Ventura City League, I'd get hot sometimes and boy, it was going in. If I got the ball, it was going in. I just knew it. And take it to another level with the pros. I mean, right now the Diamondbacks are hot. They they know what they're doing. They're playing great baseball. They slaughter the Dodgers and I just don't think it should be the hottest team winning. I think the best team should win and I I don't think the Diamondbacks are better than the Dodgers. I think they smashed them. They're certainly the better team in the series. But it's like, okay, let's throw out the regular season and, and start now. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. So I'm, I'm, I'm befuddled why, why the Diamondbacks with 84 wins, which I agree are, are six games over 500, not three games over 500. Why they're still playing? And and you know, man, I mean, the irony is I'm rooting for them. I, I hope they win it all because I, I can't stand the Houston Asterix. And uh, Texas, I don't know that much about. And the Phillies seem like a bunch of whiners to me. So um, I hope the Diamondbacks win. But I, I really question how a team with 83 wins gets to, or 84 wins gets to play. And that, 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 that's why I'm bringing up Robert Ory and Mario Eli and Chris Paul and anyone else I can think of, you know, Daryl Dawkins. I, I, I don't know. I'm just going to unpack all this. I, I don't even know <laughs> if I have any more, um, you know, comments on it. But I just got to unpack all this. So. I have it straight. The best team should always go to the to the very pinnacle and fight it out. Bryce yes. Harper, Bryce Harper should not take more money to go someplace else that he'd rather be, and he should just suck it up and take whatever the owners are going to offer him to stay with the Nationals. That was before and, he took the error, so no one knows that one. But yeah, Bryce Harper should have stayed in D.C. and shown some loyalty for a team that raised him instead of just running to Philadelphia. Well, who went to Philadelphia? Ory. Really? And Robert you've been, a, you've been is, to Philadelphia. I have been to Philadelphia. It's a different yeah. place to, than I'm used to. And Robert Ory, and Robert Ory effectively is a uh, carpetbagger. Yes, a carpetbagger. Carpetbagger. There, there you go. Carpet. So, it's 1992 a, he, draft. 1992 draft. In basketball? In basketball. Number one okay. pick, Shaquille O'Neal. The number two pick, Alonzo Mourning. The number three pick, Christian Leitner. Number four, Jimmy Jackson. Number five, Lafonso Ellis. You remember Lafonso Ellis? He was a nugget for a while. Notre Dame. You remember Lafonso Ellis? The Fonz, yes. So, so far, I've mentioned five guys. They're all, you know, either great Hall of Famers, at least solid players yes uh i'm not sure about lafonso ellis but yeah the other the other well i'm also not sure about christian leitner i wouldn't call him a solid player i'd call him kind of a a classic duke loser i don't know what you'd call him i mean i i, I don't think christian solid. leitner he was I mean, solid he's playing nba oh my gosh we're gonna go get sidetracked by this but okay no don't get sidetracked get your point no 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 we need to get sidetracked because we need to have we need to have this discussion First season was the 92-93 season where he averaged 18.2 points. 
points a game. He played until the 2004-2005 season. I mean, the dude played 11, 12 years in the league. He averaged 6.7 rebounds per game. He averaged 12.8 points per game. He shot 480 from the field. He had an 820 free throw. I mean, the guy was solid. Like, I'm not going to say that he's like. I would call him solid. I'd call him below solid. I'd call him average. He's okay. He averages more points than Mario Ellie did, more rebounds, more assists, more steals. If I'm picking teams, if I'm picking players, I'd pick Mario Ellie way before I pick Christian Leitner. Look, Christian Leitner had one good play in his career. He shot that buzzer beater for Duke. Great. He 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 get one of the best college shots of all time. But as a pro, he was the average player. He's solid. He's better than average. Okay. So now you had Jimmy Jackson. Can we agree that Jimmy Jackson was pretty good? He was a very good player, yeah. Okay. So now we start getting into some questionable picks. The infamous Tom Gugliotta from NC State, Washington Bullets at the time, not the Wizards. Walt Williams. Strangely enough, Walt Williams, the Wizard, got drafted by the Kings out of Maryland and then would go eventually go Pele for the Wizards. Here's another great one. Arkansas, Todd Day by the Bucks. This guy was supposed to be the next Barkley, Clarence Weatherspoon, number nine out of Southern Miss. Oh, man, I remember this guy. Adam Keefe. Oof, yeah, Stanford. Adam Keefe. Yeah, Stanford, Stanford Cardinal. By the Hawks. Robert Ory was the number 11 pick. So... Robert Ory wasn't, you know, number 11 picks don't turn out to be Robert Ory. So it wasn't like he was expected. So the call just because he happened to be at the right place at the right time does not, you know, make him better or worse. It just, okay, let, I mean, I'll say this. He was lucky to be on the teams that he was on, but he wasn't a starter. He Who's never better? was a starter. Who's better in your opinion, Michael Thompson or Robert Ory? Okay, that is like the the worst compare. Michael Thompson was the number one pick in the NBA, and arguably, and maybe not even arguably, maybe I have this wrong, but I believe he was like the top defensive center for like the first I don't know seven eight years of his career. Does that sound right? Uh, he was good. He he was a solid solid post player, no question. My point is this, and and and. Here's what I'm trying to say, probably inartfully. Robert Ori seemed to me to not play hard during the regular season and not actually get many minutes in the regular season. And then come playoff time, he played hard. And he, he was very good. And he, he fit in the Lakers. I mean, I think Derek Fisher has almost as many rings as Robert Ori, but Derek Fisher was the kind of guy that, Gave gave his gave it a lot every game. He he wasn't overly talented, but he was a he turned himself into a solid player, good defender, decent point guard. You know, coexist with Kobe, did his thing. He was fine. But I just think Robert Ori could have should have been a starter, should have played a lot of minutes, and instead he chose not to, and he chose not to because I don't think he's motivated to play. What? But based on what? Like he doesn't get to choose. He was at 11th. He was the 11th pick. He his career average is seven points a game. 
his career average for minutes per game is 24.5, which is like that sixth, seventh, eighth guy. Like, that's but he was who he he was talented enough to be a starter. He was talented enough to be an all-star. Robert Ory could have been an all-star if he if he put his mind to it. He didn't, though. Based on what? This is what I'm, I'm so befuddled. Like, I don't know how we landed on Robert Ory. And for whatever reason, this is a beautiful and amazing discussion because I am so perplexed on, on how Robert Ory has become the poster child of you were better and you should have started. Don't you think exactly. his coaches... Don't you think his coaches would have realized that and he would have been a starter if they actually thought he was a – he has one season where he has starter minutes. He's played 37.1 minutes in his last season with Houston. And it turns out that's also the year they did not – they weren't as good. And so if you're not as good and he's starting, that tells you that he's not a starter. Here, Here's the uh, difficulty with your with your logic. Your logic is based on, no surprise, statistics. You're going to say and analytics. I knew you were going to exactly, say Exactly. It is. Well, just like you say the Giants, I say analytics. And I'm saying analytics are for people who don't watch the games closely. And if you watch the games closely, you can judge talent. I don't care Robert, when Robert Ory's drafted. He's way better than Adam Keefe. He's way better than Christian Leitner. He's way better than all those guys. But he didn't show it. And I think he's the perfect example for the championship mentality that has really permeated sports and changed it drastically. And I think that part has also caused, may not cause, but it's fit in with the owners getting more and more games. I mean, remember, I, I know I'm bouncing all over the place, but a thousand yard rush used to be a big deal. When there's 14 games, well, first of all, there's 12 games. Then there's 14 games. Then they raise to the 16 games. And if you average like, you know, seven, eight yards a game, you're, you're going to get a thousand. So it's no big deal anymore. And what's happening is, what's happening is, is that the games are being degraded by the owner's greed and stretching everything out. And I think someone's got to wave the flag and it might as well be me, even though I fully <laughs> accept your your points, and I actually agree with them, that Baltimore is exciting, Arizona is exciting now, the games are fun to watch, why not? I'm, I'm not trying to be the guy that says, let's not have fun. All I'm saying is, there's something wrong with the system right now. It does not respect the regular season enough, and they've got to figure out a way to do it. I mean, okay, you're a student, you you went, you went, got your MBA at Pepperdine, you take nine tests, you're, you're scoring 98 every time, and you're the guy. And then the professor says, okay, the top five of you, we're going to throw everything out, and it's the last one. Good luck. So you'd say, whoa, whoa, what about all those tests I did? What about everything I did great? And they'd say, too bad. And you'd say, that's unfair, right? Of course you I would. Mean, in that situation, of course. I, I'm still perplexed on how Robert Ory becomes the poster child for all this. When How how do you even know that Robert Ory is trying his best? Like when Robert Ori is not trying his best and looks bad on the court, it's because he's not that good. Christian Leitner, for his career, averaged more points, more blocks, more steals, more assists, more rebounds, higher free throw percentage, higher three-point percentage, and higher field goal percentage. It just so happened he was not on the Rockets, the Lakers, or the San Antonios. I mean, I don't know. Like, to, to make the statement that he's the example and then the leap across the greed for the owners, 
I am I am perplexed. And at the same time, this is the most beautiful conversation that I've ever had with you in the entire time that I've known you. So Let me ask you is, this. Have you ever seen Christian Leitner play a pro game, a full game? I mean, it's been a while, of course, but yeah, of course I did. He wasn't that good. He, he, I mean, that, that's, a, that's, that's you guys. That, that's, when I say you guys, I mean you analytical people. Um, you know, there are rebounds and the rebounds. There are shots and there are shots. And to analytics, they all look the same. And to a trained observer, they don't look the same. And Christian Leitner did not get tough rebounds. Christian Leitner was an average player. Robert Ory had the ability to get tough rebounds. He just chose not to. Kevin McHale got <laughs> tough rebounds. Mario Ellie hit big shots. Derek Fisher hit big shots. So I'm saying to you, analytics only go so far. There's too many playoffs. Owners are greedy. And I would expect you to wholeheartedly agree with me. So Kevin McHale had the benefit of Larry Bird, Dennis Johnson, Bill Walton, the the chief. I don't even know. Can we even call him the chief? Is that like that was his nickname? Yeah. But is that no? I don't just know. call him Robert Parrish. Just we'll call him Robert Parrish. Yeah, Chiefs. Chiefs player correct. Leitner was on the early expansion Timberwolves, and his teams were terrible. So what do you expect? Like, what was he supposed to do? Like, be Damon Sotomayor. The guy still shot. 48% from the field on terrible teams. The, I mean, Christian Leitner, here, here, here you go. His first season in the league, he had a washed-up Thurl Bailey. Now, there was a point in time where Thurl Bailey was actually really, really good. But at this point, Thurl Bailey has been in the league for a while. Lance Blanks, I mean, come on. Luke Longley, and this is well after Longley, you know, Luke Longley. Oh, actually, this is before he gets on the uh, Bulls. But, I mean, Luke Longley was nothing in the league and actually shows that he was injured most of the year. Marlon Maxey, I barely even remember this guy. And then he had Chuck Person at the end of his career. And Chuck Person at this point is a stiff. I mean, he wasn't that good on defense to begin with. But at this point, he is a stiff on defense. Brad Sellers, he was a terrible center. Chris Smith, Felton Spencer. Oh my gosh! What do you can say next? That Bobby Hurley was a good guard. I didn't realize you had this Duke bias that you like like Duke. I, so I don't much. have a Duke bias, but I'm saying like, Christian Leitner was was good. If you put Christian Leitner on those same teams that Ori was on, Christian Leitner has the same career but better statistics. He has the same rings. He has the same everything, and they may even won even more because he was a better shooter than Ori. But to make Ori the this weird, this weird, I, I don't know where you're trying to go with it. Now, on the green. I don't tell you where I'm trying to go. Here's where I'm trying to go. This is all based on the Philadelphia Phillies catchers saying we're an October team. Some or other in sports mentality, now it's okay to be a slacker during the regular season and play hard in the playoffs. And I would say, without without being sanctimonious, without being a jerk, that's offensive. I want someone who sub plays hard every day, every game, no matter what. Don't okay, you? That is that that's fair. Like that, like you want lunch pail guys, right? They come to skilled, work. Every skilled day. lunch pail guys. They they come to work and 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 in real life you want that as well and I won't disagree with any of that. How Robert Ori becomes the poster child for well he only comes to work when it matters. I, I I that piece I just find like how do you know like 
we don't know that. Like, I don't know where you got that information. Like, it, as far as I'm aware, it's never been reported. Well, uh, I mean, it's all it's all speculation on my part. I I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying it's what I think. And I'm I you know I I could be dead wrong. I've I've never met Robert Ory. I don't know the man. I what I've read about him and watched him play. I got the distinct impression that he was a superstar who chose not to be a superstar, who chose to be big shot Rob in the playoffs. And I'm like, I'm, I don't go there. I'm not, I'm not buying it. I'm not, buy, I'm not buying it. Su- he wasn't a superstar. He was a decent player. He was a good piece. Mar- and your Mario Ellie piece is, is baffling to me as well, where, yeah, Mario Ellie was an undersized you know, you, you know who's you know who's Mario Ellie today, but not a, but not as a good version of Mario Ellie is uh, he was on the Rockets and then he was on the Heat and he was on the Philadelphia 76ers this last year. Uh, oh, yeah, Jack P.J. Tucker. P.J. Exactly Tucker. Right. P.J. Tucker is a not as good version of Mario Ellie. OK, I agree. And P.J. Tucker's my guy. I, I I like guys like that. I like guys like that who who play hard, who play above their skill level, and they take every game seriously. And I think they do it large part because they know if they don't, they'll be out of the league. I mean, did you know, and you probably knew this, Charles Barkley and Danny Ainge were the same size. Same height. Yes. yes. Charles Barkley was the best re- one of the best rebounders in NBA history. And I, I'm just saying that what what I what appeals to me as a fan, and I think it's generational, and what appeals to and what bothers me as a fan now is that this notion of of playing hard every day and every game counting seems to be slightly diminished by the playoff scenarios that the owners have come up with, and you as a fan have wholeheartedly bought into. And I would just say, take the blinders off, look at your pocketbook, check your check your judgment and say okay maybe i'm being conned by these owners and maybe we shouldn't have a system where everyone gets to make the playoffs maybe some teams should say hey, you know what 84 wins we're not good enough to make the playoffs we're out we're playing well, we're playing golf i checked my pocketbook because i don't have live television anymore i don't watch any live sports i've watched one full baseball well two full baseball games now in this whole entire year I haven't gone to a live sporting event since you and I went to Detroit. And that, that was really more of a fun. It wasn't really necessarily about Detroit or the Tigers. It was more about spending time with, with you and Mark. I got so two words I, for you. Live golf. That's where that's where it's boiling down to. That's what's going to come to. And it, I'm not bashing the Saudis, uh, although I'd like to, but I don't know enough about them to really bash them. I'm just saying it's about greed and it's going to get there. It's going to get where they're buying everything. Not not the owners. Some some monolithic group is buying things. And they're telling the fans, look at more playoff games, more and more things. You know, Spider-Man 12. It's great. Just, just get in line. <laughs> and you guys get in line. I'm saying, no. What about indie movie? What, what about something good? What about something that might not be trying to make $100 million? What about something trying to tell a story? What about something like that? That's where I'm coming from. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate all of those things, but I think we can have those things and still have them in the context of what we have now. It, it, and, and you're right. Like, okay. okay. If you had just the straight eight teams from each division for basketball, that's good enough for me. If you had one or two 
I, I think that it works out just I think it's just cleaner as far as the games on how the games are played and scheduling. I think it's cleaner to have two wild card teams than having the, 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 the previous system, which is only a couple of years ago, versus the system now, because now you've got that extra kind of set of games that you have to deal with. Um, so I don't really like that because, you know, we're going to have games that potentially, when, when, what was it? Was it the 2004, 2008, the World Series games that are in Colorado and there was snow on the ground? I mean, that's a little excessive, right? Being Playing games in a November is a little crazy. Well, remember, um, but, it, back in the day, Reggie was called Mr. October because they never used to play games in October. The World Series ended in late September, and now it'll be in November. You're right. And when they get Colorado or they get some freaking place without a dome and it's raining, 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 the owners are going to say, wow, I guess we were too greedy. So I'm going to – just because since you're giving us all these crazy takes, here's my crazy take. <laughs> Dave Kingman is only slightly worse than Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson overrated. I want to. I I I was. I think Dave Kingman was underrated. I, I like Dave Kingman, and now he'd be fit right in with with your analytics. He'd be Max Muncy or any of these other guys that that hits two thirty two and and hits forty eight home runs. So yeah, Dave Kingman would be would be someone they like nowadays. Even though he struck out a lot, but he hit a lot of home runs. He had a lot of home runs. Reggie is the all time strikeout leader in Major League Baseball, and the closest person to him is Jim Tomei, and Jim Tomei's not playing anymore, and he'll never, never reach it. Reggie hit 300 once, 1980, 300 on the dot. Reggie only really had two really exceptional seasons, 1969 and 1980. Of course, he hit a lot of home runs, but he was one of the first guys swinging from, you know, as much, you know, as hard as he possibly could, and I think it's just he, he's living off of I hit three home runs in 1977 on the biggest stage at the time in the biggest market in New York. And that's and that's Reggie. I think Ricky Henderson had a was a much better baseball player than than Reggie Jackson and not even close. Ricky, I think, is was a better was way better defender. You talk you talk about talented guy and not playing hard. How about Reggie? Reggie didn't play hard in the field. Reggie loafed. Reggie was a loafer until he finally got moved to DH. So you're throwing dispersions at Robert Ory. Robert Ory was never supposed to be good, and Reggie Jackson absolutely was supposed to be good, and Reggie Jackson absolutely was a superstar. How about those? How about that take? I don't. I don't disagree. I, I think Reggie was slightly overrated. I think he. I, I think there's something to be said though about stepping up big time. Although, you know, I was just thinking of one one World Series. Wasn't there a second base named Mark Lemke that that had a monster monster series? And I mean, a lot of these little guys step up, but Reggie stepped up in the biggest stage. He, you know, he was he was the meat potatoes of of the Yankees. He he came through in the clutch, and you gotta give him some credit for that. A lot of career home runs. I think as a player, he's probably overrated. I I, I think I I. Re- think my take I, I think that he's significantly better than dave kingman but that doesn't mean dave king was bad dave king was a decent player very decent dave kingman 442 career home runs reggie i think is 512 17 something like that all right we we've we've we haven't exhausted this there is so much more that we need to unpack in this and maybe this is another episode but we've definitely con- concluded this episode
I will say this. This episode ended up not being how I thought it was going to go. Not saying that it has to go the way that I think these are going to go every single time. But I will say this. This is all in one the most confusing, perplexing, and beautiful discussions that I've ever had with you regarding sports. And we have to unpack this even more because I think, I mean, you, there's so much get off my lawn in here and going back to, you know, I'm Steve Lipson and I'm 14 years old and, you know, 1960, whatever. And it's beautiful and I love it, but man, do I disagree with you on pretty much everything. Well, you know, the, the funny thing about sports is it's, it's sports. It's a distraction. People have, people have crazy opinions. I, I, throw it out way out there to everyone that it, I could be way wrong. It's just my subjective ideas. And uh, I, you know, was sorry the Dodgers lost for a nanosecond. The, the real reason I'm sorry is I, I, we, my wife and I used to go watch games and it'd be fun to go to a local uh, establishment and have some drinks and, and watch a three hour or three hour baseball game. But we probably won't now the Dodgers aren't in it, but I, I, I do think it's fine to have crazy theories on sports it's all in good fun, and I do seriously, though, think that the playoff system is a little screwed up, and uh, whether they fix or not, who knows, but I know that it'll all come down to the same thing, which is how can the owners get more money in their pocketbook. But aside from that, this has been a great talk. This is Steve, and uh, look forward to seeing you guys next time. I'm Jonathan. We'll see you.